All right, Demi, who do we got on the show today? We have Upsal on the motherfucking show today. Um, this is going to be crazy. This one's going to be fun. This girl's edgy. She's hot. She's talented. It doesn't get any better. Um, she just released a new project called Young Life Crisis. And it's it's sexy. It makes me want to dance. And it makes me want to get lit. Um, <laughs> she's also my Woman Crush Wednesday of today, of this week. So yeah. we're going to have her. We're gonna it's get, Friday, it's but, but she was two days ago. She was your WCW. <laughs> yes. I think the last time I had a woman crush Wednesday was with Blue to Tiger. You know what I mean? You got to keep, you know, it only gets, it only, we're only growing from here. What do you, uh, what, you got a sweatshirt? Let me see your sweatshirt. Uh, oh, you got the uh, Cummins. You yes. got the Cummins company sweatshirt that on. Andrew, that Andrew, because you know. Even though you can't see the bottom of my shirt, I am wearing a, shirt that has the clash london oh okay and let me tell you the story about this shirt this clash shirt is when i was a a younger a younger guy younger version of jordan i like to shop at hot topic okay don't don't at me about my hot topic days you were one of those i was a little bit there was a time in high school when every single one of my t-shirts was some kind of band I uh, I was into you know the the warp tour oh stuff goodness. of course yeah yeah but and this is the last surviving t-shirt from my high school hot topic days because it's timeless and universal you know uh but yeah this class t-shirt was bought at hot topic you know what's so funny <laughs> i used to think um first of all i think i only saw hot topics in like malls right that yeah, was like yeah there there are the mall store I remember uh, just being like that. I don't know. Hot Topic was like scary for me to go into. They were like studs and fucking rock music. And I was so intimidated to go into Hot Topic growing up, which is so funny not to think back. Um, Topic, man. Wait, is it still open? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I tell you what, I looked up because I was looking up band t-shirts on the internet because if you go to like the Hot Topic website, still have a lot of band t-shirts and stuff. But I don't know. I don't know about their existence in malls and what the current situation has done to their their uh, brick and mortar side of things. But uh, yeah, where did you shop for your clothes when you were a teenager, Demi? I was a big and still am. I like I like thrifting, man. I find I need like the challenge. No Charlotte Russe for my you. Shit. Yeah, like I need to find. No, fuck no. Um, I don't know. I like the idea of like going in and you may find something, you may not find something, but if you do find something, it's going to be amazing because that's the only way you'll find something. Things are either really amazing. Like one thing out of a thousand shirts are like super cool or nothing at all. And that was, that was the kind of, that's just, that was the the joy. And the rest is coming swag. And hell yeah. Honestly, like I said, I was wearing, this is my second day in a row wearing it. I wore an outfit today that I wore yesterday because I just don't give a fuck. It's great. Sometimes I take three hours, like showers a day though. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm, I'm like really into, I just love, I'm obsessed with showering. I can't help it. Like I almost took a second shower after the the first podcast. In the the winter, when you're outside and you come inside and you take a hot shower, it's the most amazing feeling. Wait, actually, I'm so excited to talk to um, Upsal right now. Is this crazy? 
No, I'm just looking. I don't know. I'm. I honestly really enjoy her new um that new project that she just put out. I really enjoy it. How do you I'm feel? excited you know, about what she's gonna do. This this uh, this EP um, Young Life Crisis. She did it all during 2020, and it was mm. probably some kind of you know quarantine project because you have all these you know all this time in your hands. I think that's one interesting thing about coronavirus the coronavirus era is that you have you do have this boom in creativity because you have people who have time on their hands and idle thoughts and um especially when you have the uh, the resources to put something together um so i think it's kind of an interesting thing that there's going to be this group of coronavirus albums 20 years from wow. now wow i you never thought saying? about that oh there's How's it Taylor. going? I'm happy to be here. What is going on? We're so excited to have you today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm very excited. This will be fun. Absolutely. Okay, so how are you? Where are you? What's going on? Hmm. I'm in my childhood bedroom actually right now in Phoenix. Um, it's been, I feel like because of quarantine, like I've just kind of been bouncing back and forth from like my parents' house in Phoenix and then my spot in LA. So like it's been kind of cool to be able to like be in both places and make music. How's mom? How's mom doing? She's great. She makes me dinner every night. I'm like, why would I want to go back to LA where like all yeah. I have chips? Like, I'm and you have here. a bass great. and you have a guitar behind you. Yeah, Are those your first. Um, this bass is my first bass that I got last year. That guitar isn't even mine. It's like someone else who lives in my house. But um, it's like it's been weird because like I made my whole EP that I like started in March, like in this room, which was like a weird, like full circle moment for me. Yeah, it's been fun. Let's talk about the EP, okay? I love it, 100%, like I'm super into it. Um, Young Life Crisis, what about the name and the cover art? How did that happen? What's the story behind that? Yeah, thank you. Um, It was weird, because I kind of had like all, I had four of the songs written, except for the first song, Young Life Crisis, and I knew, that I wanted like those four songs on the EP, but like still was kind of just like doing sessions every day to write for like that last song. And I kind of needed that like moment. I didn't know what it was gonna be called yet. Like none of that. And then one day I was in a Zoom session with this producer Dwilly and I just kind of started ranting about my life, which is what I always do in sessions. Like it's like therapy. I feel bad <laughs> for I have to work with. But um, like, I just was kind of going on about like all my life problems that were happening and I was like and it'd be cool if like the verse was just like literally the thoughts that go on in your head when you're like in a group of people and like you're drunk and you're having a mental breakdown and he was like it sounds like you're having a young life crisis and I was like what the fuck did you just say like that's the type <laughs> like it all kind of just made sense to me I was like oh I totally accidentally like narrated me having a mental breakdown this year on the EP. So yeah, that was like the clouds parting moment for me for the EP that kind of like ties it all up, which is fun. Amazing. So a young life crisis. So this was a legit young life crisis. Um, you are such an incredible outspoken lyricist. You write things like, you know, tears tasting like Bacardi. Um, bring us back to that first song that you wrote. We're going to get into the album even more. I have so many questions, but what about sure. that first song you wrote? Can you remember that? Like the first song ever? Ever. Like yeah. Little Taylor. Yeah, I mean, so I grew up in a really musical family. So I was kind of always just like running around the house, like playing instruments, trying to write shitty songs. And then when I, when was it? Like, I think I was 
in like seventh grade or something and I wrote the most emo like depressing song ever it was called disturbance like it was intense <laughs> um, it was like so dark and moody and I was like the happiest kid ever too so my parents were like are you good like what are you saying in this song and I ended up like releasing it and like putting out an album when I was like in eighth grade and then like kept releasing albums throughout high school so it was fun there was definitely never like another option for me it was like music was the only thing I was good at and like wanted to do so yeah it started very very young you mentioned um that in an in interview that <clears throat> this year 2020 has been the hardest year of your life like that is a that's like that's a that's a quote <laughs> um <laughs> is it the hardest year of your life because of coronavirus or for for other reasons yeah I mean I think it's been an extremely hard year for everyone because of coronavirus. Um, and I think that starting the year in quarantine with the world going to shit kind of sparked all of my other issues. And I feel like I've been talking to a lot of people, especially like in music too, like um, that this year we've been forced to kind of like recognize all of our issues because we're like alone in quarantine and like alone with our thoughts. Um, so yeah, it was weird. I feel like I always just like fill up my schedule so I don't have to worry about my problems. But at the beginning of quarantine, I was like, well, shit, like, what am I going to do? I can't have a busy schedule anymore. And I feel like it just forced me to like, realize everything. And I think like, the Young Life Crisis EP is what sort of like got me through this year for sure. Because it was like therapy, just being able to like write out exactly how I was feeling. Money on my mind, right? Let's talk yeah. about that. Okay. That's my favorite off of the the five that you have. Um, that's a bad bitch track. Okay. I'm obsessed with the concept behind it. It's like, I, which I can relate to. It's like, I'm, I'm sure so many women in 2020 can relate to um, who are doing their thing on, in their career. Um, and you're like, well, I have a crush on this guy, but like, I'm a working woman. So I'd rather wake up on time tomorrow and make my bag than stay over your house and have some crazy, you know, wild sex, whatever, and fall in love. You know, tell me yeah. about the concept behind that song. You just explained it perfectly. That was amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I did go through like a shitty breakup this year that, that happened in quarantine. I feel like everyone went through like a shitty breakup this year. Um, yes. Yeah, right. Because everyone was like, wait, am I happy in this relationship? Like, I have to like think about it now. Um, so yeah, going through that was definitely weird. And money on my mind is sort of about, I feel like going through something like that, even when like, it's super fresh, there'll be like little moments in your day where like, you're kind of going a little crazy. And you're like, whatever, like, I'm the shit. This is great. Like, nobody deserves me. Like, like fuck did him. Yeah. And then you like 10 minutes later, like back to crying. Like it's just like this roller coaster of emotions, but, um, money on my mind. I wanted to like capture that energy that like you get like for like a split second where you're like, wait, I'm shit. Why am I even sad over this boy? Like it's money fine. On um, mine. It's like you're crying and you're like money on my mind. Right. There you go. Yeah, exactly. So I wanted it to be like that, that energy for sure, which clearly it worked you got it i was on the train the other day and i played that song and i was like wait a second you're like i'm good like <laughs> it's lit we're still here we're gonna make it back <laughs> so yeah shout out to you for that making that song I'm, I'm sure a lot of girls felt that word thank you you're kind of in an interesting point right now in your career because you have the new ep 
but drugs, which has been out for a while, mm-hmm. is like blowing up on TikTok. And yeah. so you have like this, like, oh, that one thing from a while ago, and then, oh, this newer thing. So does it feel kind of overwhelming right now to have all this stuff going on? I just feel so lucky. It's like so cool. Um, drugs too, like when I made that song, I knew it was like special to me just because like I fucked with it. So like, it's like one of the few songs where like, I'll play it for someone and be like, this is my song. If you don't like it, you're wrong. Like, I literally just love that song. Like as like, just like a songwriter. I think it's so fun. Um, so it's always had like a special place in my heart and it's been out for like two years now and um I've always been like guys like what can we do to get more people to hear drugs like I love it and then it was funny because on my birthday um last weekend is when it like started to do its little have its second life on TikTok so yeah it's so dope it's crazy to see like so many people from like all over the world who speak different languages like doing the trend to the song like it's it's like a dream come true it's really really cool and you did a remix, sorry, re-record, that's not really a remix, a re-record, a newer version with Two Feet with Bill Des, who's a friend yes. of the program. We had him on a couple months ago. Oh, he's, yeah. And he's a personal friend of Demi's. Um, so tell us about putting that together and why you decided to kind of make a newer version of the song. Yeah, um, earlier this year, Drugs also had, she had a little second life I guess before this one um on TikTok as well and I was like oh cool like people are fucking with the song even like a year later let's like do it give them something new maybe and Tufi and I were actually supposed to go on tour together this year um because it didn't happen but I was like oh this is perfect we're gonna be on the road together like let's like do on hop on the song and he was like so down and like we did it remotely um and yeah it was cool. I've been like such a fan of Two Feet Forever. So getting to like the chance to tour with him was crazy, even though it hasn't happened yet. Um, but then, yeah, having him on the song is dope. And it's crazy, too, because the sound on TikTok is the one with Two Feet. So I'm like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. You have this beautiful in-between um, pop. There's like a beautiful, there's a sweet spot that you that you nail between pop and alternative. Um, do you ever feel pressured? by like your team to write a certain way or, you know, go a certain way, wear a certain way. What's that all about? Yeah, I think that like naturally happens just in the industry because like if you have a team of people that you trust and you love, like who are like have your best interest in mind, like they're all going to have opinions on like what the next step should be. What should the next five be like? um, And I've learned to like, obviously appreciate like everyone's opinions because like they're the people who like helped me get to where I am today but as like a woman in the industry I think it's so important to remind yourself like like yeah like these people helped me get here but like I also helped me get here like I know like who the fuck I am like yeah and just kind of like trusting your gut and knowing when to listen to outside opinions and then when to be like no like I trust my gut on this one like let's do this instead and like kind of like taking the driver's seat. I think it's a balance of both. Um, and I think that's something I had to learn like within my first year of like being in LA and like actually doing this. Like I had to learn how to sometimes be like that bitch who was like, no, we're gonna do it this way. Cause like that's what my gut tells me. Um, but so far I feel like 
for musicians who do that, like it works. Like you see like Billie Eilish who just tells the label to like fuck off. She's like, here's my album. Like we're putting it out and like that's worked out great for her. So I don't know. It's like a balance of both, I feel like. Is drugs a product of moving to LA and like the kind of LA scene and all that? Yeah, totally. I um, Yeah, the first like six months of living in LA, I absolutely hated it because I was kind of like fresh out of high school barely knew anyone like I maybe knew like four people in LA when I moved there um and was like trying to force myself to go out to parties and like meet people because I didn't really have like a friend group out there even um and I just quickly realized like the vibe in LA mm-hmm. and like you would just some some events you would just meet like the most fake people in the world and I was like is this how everyone is here like am I just <laughs> am I never gonna meet any friends like what am I gonna do um and so then I was in the session with um Graham Eric Kilogram and Sean Kennedy who are like two of my favorite people to work with and Sean said something he was like we should write a song that says like I only came here for the drugs and I was like oh my gosh that's sick and then we kind of use drugs as like a metaphor for like looking for genuine real people in LA, which is hard to find. But luckily I have found them now. But yeah, that drugs was written during that like really weird transitional time in my life of like just being in LA and like starting to write music. Yeah, it's cool. You're on Arista now, uh, as I like to call the house that Whitney built. Um, yeah. What is it like being on a major label? You, I, I, we've had Arista artists on here before and they seem to be happy there. Uh, what do you enjoy about being on a major label that you didn't get as a solo independent artist? Yeah, cool question. I fucking love it. And I also feel like Arista is such a unique label in the sense that it had like Whitney Houston and shit on it. And then it didn't exist for however long. And then when it reopened, it was cool because David Massey, who runs it, I remember like I met him like a year before Aristotle was even a thing. And then I like hit it off really well with him. I could tell like he really understood my project, which I feel like is super rare in an industry with like so many opinions. Like he like got what I wanted to do in my head with my music. Um, and then one day he just hit me up and was like, yeah, I'm reopening Arista which I knew was like this iconic label. And he was like, and I want you to be the first artist signed to it. And I was like, okay, you can't say no to that. That's literally like the coolest thing ever. So it's been cool to like grow with the label. I feel like being like the first artist signed there, like there were maybe like 10 people at the beginning and just like to see it grow, like we're all kind of growing together. And it's like a cool mixture of like a major label, but it feels almost like an indie vibe because like we all just kind of started from the bottom and are like working our way up it's like a family it's really really cool you co-wrote the song good in bed for Dua Lipa tell us about that experience how did that come together how did you guys work together just just tell us that story yeah that was really unexpected because at the time I hadn't actually been like going into sessions to write for other people like I was just always writing for myself and um I had just gotten home from tour and it was like my first session back and I walked in, it was with my friends, Melanie um, Fontana and Lindgren. And they're this like production um, writing duo who are also like married. It's like goals. They're the cutest. And I rolled in and I was like, 
ranting about the dude I was with. I was like, yeah, like we get in like fights, da da da. Like it's like probably pretty toxic, but the sex is great, da da da. Like go on. Ah! And I was like, I think that's what makes us good in bed is the fact that like we get so annoyed at each other. And they were like, oh my God, this is fire. Like let's make this into a song. And we kind of started the idea for good in bed that day. And then do what heard it somehow i literally don't even know i think someone from our team sent it to her and she's like oh i fuck with this like i want to finish it as my song so she hopped on it wrote like changed some of the writing did her thing to it then day trip just did their thing to the production and then somehow it ended up on her album i think it's like such an unapologetic record and it's like so openly sexual and like for such a huge female pop artist to say what that record is saying is like i'm just honored to be a part of something like that yeah it's cool what about right now who tell us about your love life right now what's going on new boys old boys what's happening she's she's non-existent i had this moment where i was like I need to like work on myself and like get my shit together. Um, also like love life in quarantine. Like what, like I'm like, I'm not going to risk my life for some dick. Like it's just not happening right now. Like it's not worth it. Um, so I'm working on myself. I'm dating myself for a while and Ooh. low key, I'm kind of sick. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I need to learn from you, girl. I mean, yeah, Jordan knows I'm, I'm a wild one. Um, with my with my endeavors okay for you great fake bitch (laughs) yes so beautiful and so real i really wanted to talk to you about this one because it's just first of all you took back the word bitch and you re made it into something that was beautiful and you know like you know you see your friends like bitch you know what i mean yeah exactly you are almost like referring i feel like you're talking to yourself in this song you know what i mean right Mm -hmm. um I mean, you're just so vulnerable. You're such an amazing lyricist where it's like, when I play a tune of yours, I'm like, I'm going to know exactly how she feels. And there's not going to be a zillion, you know, swivels to understand what she's saying. And I can feel that because I can relate to it because you're so blunt and you're so vulnerable. Do you ever write and you're just like, okay, maybe I shouldn't say that, you know, like, okay, that was too much. Do you ever have that moment when you're writing and you're like, okay, did I just, are they going to know like who this is about or? that's what's weird about songwriting is like you have to take it for a song like fake bitch especially to like such a vulnerable place to where a vulnerable place to where like when i go to release a song like that i'm like oh fuck like should i change some of this is this like too much like should i not be saying this um but i think that's like the beauty in music is like sometimes you have to like say things that like scare you even or like kind of go out of your comfort zone and with fake bitch i've like never been that honest I think like in the song um and it was actually the first song I wrote off of the EP so that kind of like sparked the whole like existential crisis vibe or whatever but it was about having a meltdown at a bar which was like really fun it was before quarantine I was like what happened one too many tequila shots girl and I was like (laughs) in the bathroom and I was like oh my god my life is a mess and I just pretend it's not blah 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 and then that's what kind of jump-started like my young life crisis and then was thrown into quarantine, which also just like snowballed into this bigger thing, um, which ended up as the EP. But yeah, I think as an artist, it's like really empowering to put out a song like Fake Bitch that is like really vulnerable and like 
sad and honest. Like it, it feels really good, like to give that side of me to my fans for sure. Are you already writing the next project? What's back from you? What's gonna change? What's gonna stay the same? Yeah, I feel like I'm always. I mean, I'm 20 or I'm 22 now, but um, like so young. So it's like I change my mind on everything every day. So like I will never be able to decide on like exactly what kind of music I want to make. So my music is always just kind of evolved with me and how I'm feeling that day. Um, in quarantine, I've just been doing sessions like every day on Zoom because um, that's all I can do now since I can't tour or anything. So yeah, I've just been writing pretty much every day, whether it's here in Phoenix or back in LA. And yeah, there's a bunch of new shit coming soon and I'm very excited for next year. Yeah. You're, you're a pop artist for, for general terms, but I feel like your music definitely has a punk rock and roll energy to it. It's right. loud, it's abrasive, it's in your face. Um, did you have a certain sound you wanted to make or did that kind of punk inspired pop sound come naturally over time for you? Yeah, word. Um, thank you for noticing that because that's dope. I actually like grew up, my family was super musical. My dad was in like punk bands when I was growing up. So I would like wake up. I wish like, my dad was that cool. My dad, I know, my dad listens to like classic rock and stuff and you know, yeah. I mean, that's so, that's pretty dope. But mm -hmm. my, um, yeah, so we have like a band room in the house. Since Like since I was born, we had a band room in the house with like a bunch of instruments that I could play. And um, I would be like five years old and like wake up and like go get my breakfast in the morning. And there would be like five people like crashing on my living room floor because like they were touring through Phoenix and they're like this punk band that like, crashed at our house before going to the next city so like as a kid I was like this is the coolest thing ever like this is so rad this band is like at my house like I just was just like obsessed with the like culture and community of like the punk world and I kind of just like listened to like a bunch of Weezer growing up and like all the music my dad would listen to was pretty like punk and um yeah I guess it just naturally is kind of like came through in my music which is cool because it's like where I sort of came from do you feel pressure, especially as a pop artist on a major label? I know Arista isn't your typical major, but it has the name recognition. Right. Do you care about like top 40 singles? Because that's, you know, you're writing for uh, Dua Lipa. I mean, like, where does that, where does that take precedent in your recording? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's always on my mind. Like, I would be like, it would be amazing to have a song in, in top 40. But um, I think what I've had to learn is you can't go into songwriting or like writing a song and be like, so I'm going to write a song that will fit on the top 40 charts. Like that's, you're not going to write a good song if you think that way, because I've thought that way and I've written really shitty songs because of it. So I think the magic of the songs that do really well are, is people just like not giving a fuck and just like writing what they feel and having the production sound like what they wanted to sound like. Like there was, there were no songs on top 40 that sounded like, like what the weekend has now on top 40, like until he made them or Billy. I love no the genre bending that's happening right now. Yeah. It's so exciting because like now no one has to like be put in a box, like everyone's doing whatever they want <clears> and like people are loving it and it's making it like such an exciting time to be in music. Yeah. It's cool. How do you feel about Machine Gun Kelly? Because <laughs> he's like popping the fuck off right now, right? 
Bro, I mean, 100%. And it's been like, you know, we always thought this guy was a rap guy um, or, you know, just, I don't know, tats, a tattooed guy. I don't know. And then he yeah. comes out with this sick, sick, like crazy, like you'd be like, oh, he's just trying to redo what's been done before with punk rock. But actually, it was a great album. What do you think about that album? What do you think about that whole movement that's starting to happen right now? That's what's so sick is I feel like, yeah, like this punk thing with like Blink-182, what Machine Gun Kelly is doing. And even like that song, um, Mood, that's out now, like they all have these like grungy guitars in it that are like old school. It's like, it's really cool. And I think that's part of genre bending is like everyone's just taking from a bunch of different genres and making one song. And it's like, it's like really fucking cool. It's exciting. It's also cool as someone who like, um, like grew up playing guitar. That was kind of like my first instrument. Um, and like pop a few years ago, didn't really have a lot of guitars in it. And now it does. It's like, it's really, really fun. Just for context, Taylor, um, Demi is the world's biggest machine gun, machine gun Kelly stan. And this is the probably third or fourth time that he's come up on the show. So. You're like, I Listen. have to. <laughs> she has to squeeze him in somehow. Well, yeah. we're actually going to get him on the show. Um, yeah. I'm, not, I'm stopping at nothing. Um, let me, I really, so music, you know, success, all that, right? What about Taylor? Like, tell me about, tell me something about you that your fans don't know that you think maybe they should know, you know, like who's this girl behind the music? Um, that's such a good question. I feel like I've kind of, especially with social media now, like what you see is like what you get with me, at least. I feel like I'm pretty like open and especially like through my music is like when I talk about the actual shit I'm going through. Um, I guess like what people don't know, I don't know if they don't know anything. I mean, is that I'm such a homebody. Like I love a good night out, but low key quarantine hasn't sucked that bad. Like I kind of enjoy being like, no, like staying home today. Wasn't the first like three or four weeks of quarantine actually like kind of nice in a way? Like when, because you weren't bored yet and it wasn't, you know, it was kind of like a, like a little personal vacation. Thank God the world's ending. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) No, it was sick. I was like, this is the most time off like I've ever had. This is great. Like I'm going to enjoy this. I was just like watching Tiger King all day. Remember those times when like, that was just such a different time. It feels like, it feels like a lot of those pop culture things have kind of come and gone. I'm a, I'm a sports person. And so um, I think about the last dance, Chicago Bulls documentary on ESPN. That was like a big thing for a while. You're, you're kind of giving me a blank look, but that's, you know. I'm um, like, cool sports. Yeah. Let me tell you, Taylor, I am a big fan. First of all, Phoenix is one of the low-key weirdest cities in the country. It's a strange place to be from. I know people get this idea of the desert and golf and, you know, Stevie Nicks in a long flowing black Stevie Nicks outfit, you know. Um, There's also a really fun SNL skit called Stevie Nicks Fajita Roundup, which I would encourage everyone to look up on YouTube. Taylor, what was it like growing up in Phoenix, this place that has this clash of college bros and libertarians with guns and hippies and what, what, I'm I'm generalizing, but that's kind of accurate what I just described. Yeah, very, yeah. It's, um, it was interesting. I, I love Phoenix, um, because it is this bubble that is like really fucking cool and weird in 
what used to be a very red state, which isn't anymore. Love that. Well, when you but, make when you make fun of John McCain for four years, people are going <laughs> to kind of like people are going to rebel against that. I mean, right? Mm. Like it, it's a weird place. There's like this like tug and pull of like how everyone is there. But I personally like grew up pretty close to downtown, which is like a, such a sick like art scene. There's like there's this thing called First Friday that happens the first Friday of every month where like all these bands are just like playing on the street and there's people making live visual art and like. I was like 10 years old, like walking around with my friends thinking I was like hot shit, like walking through first Friday. Like, it was Did you so ever hard. get the double? So I'm from Kansas City, which also has first Friday. A lot of cities have first Friday. Where? And I've had friends yeah. in bands who would park two pickup trucks back to back, like tailgate to tailgate, open the tailgates. And so there's like a two, two truck bed two truck bed stage have you ever did they, they made it into a stage yeah That's so you can put two kids. trucks together lower the beds Whoa. and it's like one long stage that is so sick yeah i don't think yeah. i ever saw that but that's a genius idea yeah that's dope i love it no phoenix was cool though like it was um i went to like a performing arts school from the time i was like 10 years old until i graduated high school that was like right downtown so I just spent my whole life either in school, which was like this really liberal, chill, really mellow art school, or just like running around downtown, like doing psycho shit. So like, I loved it. And now when I come back, it like definitely has a special place in my heart for sure. Like, but it is a strange place. It's so weird. Demi went to a performing arts school too. So I want you guys to have a little moment where you- (laughs) Can we just have a moment of silence for performing arts school, everybody? Performing arts. (laughs) Did you like it? Performing arts. Uh, yo, um, that that going to performing arts school, like, you know, it's just like, let's get all the weirdest kids in the yeah. area mm. who like to make shit and let's put them, let's put them in this box and let them be weird together. You know, like, that's what it was like. And, and everybody flourished from it. You know what I mean? Because of that. Um, yeah. Right? Kind of. Yeah, no, that, yeah, literally, it's all the weirdest people in the city, just like, yeah, yeah, right, we were like, what are we, what are we doing here, okay, but what's weird about it, too, is, like, people are, um, so, like, going to a school like that for, like, 10 years, like, everyone is so unapologetic, and everyone is so accepting of one another, that when you get outside of that bubble, you're, like, wait, like, everyone else is, like, so rude, like, like, no one gave up, and now people are, like, being judgmental, like, this is so weird, but yeah, it was cool going to an art school. Did you feel there was competitiveness within your school, like, this person is the best songwriter, this person is the best actor, that kind of thing, or was everyone supportive for the most part? I think it was super supportive, like, for the school I went to, it's, there was always, like, healthy competition, but, like, especially within like the class and like we had all been going to the same school together since we were 10 years old and there were only like 90 of us so like we all were like this little family who just like grew up together and like this it's so strange like I don't even know what public school is like I couldn't even imagine but like it was rad everyone was just like there to support each other and it's like cool seeing like all the people who do music now or who are acting or who do dance now um that like we all came out of the same school together and like everyone still keeps in touch and like is super supportive. It's cool. Let's talk about style for a second. This bit, I can only see the top half. I'm not going to ask for the bottom half because currently, you know, people have been wearing some weird bottom halves on the fucking, <laughs> you know, but you know how zoom calls go meetings, but um, 
All right. What's up? Do you, do you have a favorite designer? Um, where did where does your style inspired by? I love every time I, when I look at your Instagram, it's just like fit after fit after fit, just like fly as fuck. The, the, the chains, what is, what's your style inspo? Where'd you get this, this from? I don't know. That's like, thanks. I thought I dressed like shit. That's Nuh-uh. dope. I feel oh, like your yeah. style is kind of a hybrid pop punk style. Like it kind of, I feel like your music and your, and your visual style kind of coincide with each other mm-hmm. yeah no yeah I guess like I love the way like Gwen Stefani dressed like when she was in No Doubt like that was fucking sick so I try to like I mean I can't pull off those low-rise pants that everyone's trying to bring back now like I will never but like I definitely like take inspiration from that I don't know though I think it's a mixture of just like me finding out like I right now I'm loving like cutting clothes up like that's been that's hot did you really cut that yeah, I cut this. I don't, it's, I don't know. But um, yeah, it's been fun. I don't really know. I guess if I just see something cool on like when I'm scrolling through Instagram or whatever, I'll be like, oh, I should try something like that. And then normally I just end up cutting something up and then that's how it ends up. Yeah. Do you cut your own bangs? I, I have to know. <laughs> um, <laughs> my- Is that do you find that an insult? You cut, did you insult her? Like if no, it's well normally bang. girls. Well, my friends have bangs. They cut their own bangs, and then she said she cut her own sweater. I don't know. Yeah, just while you're at it, just pop, 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 pop. Just like while you, you have the figures out. I'm yeah. not even kidding, guys. Like before this, this is so. Funny. I was sitting here with the zoom on, and I was like, the bangs look rough. No, I'm not kidding. Like I wish I was kidding. And these are like kitchen scissors. Like what? If, but you have they grow out so fast. Like to wear half the first like once a week. Yeah, you gotta like when you first cut your bangs, because I've been fiending to get to to get a bang, bro. I've done it before and then I can't I took like a little tiny piece like this and then I just looked like I had two hairs looking like alfalfa or some shit. (laughs) Um okay, so but the first time you got bangs, did you do it yourself? No, I got them like done and I still done like once a month. But in in like in between haircuts, like I'm not about to have bangs like covering my eyes and my hair grows so fast. So I like, I learned you have to like, you ready for your- Teach us that, okay. Beauty tips from up south. Beauty tips from up south. Yes. yes. Some, some kitchen scissors and you just like go like this and you just like snip at the bottom what? and they don't look great, but it's okay. No, they do. They like, look work. amazing. It's a you whole look. Oh it. my God. I'm afraid though, because I don't know, everyone, someone sent me a meme that's like, <laughs> someone sent me a meme about like staying inside like thank god I, I cut my bangs before quarantine or something like that like and I was like oh fuck like maybe this is a sign they're high maintenance but like I I have I've had bangs since I was like a freshman in high school and like I feel like I'll never go without them like I love them you should just try it do it oh my god okay I'm gonna try <laughs> it but then I'm, I'm just not gonna cut it my, myself for the first time yeah go get them done actually for the maybe first like a time. side bang or something I don't know Curtain bangs are in, like the wavy ones. Is that what they call them? I think so. Some of my friends have them and they're cute. But yeah, I don't know. Okay, we're getting on some girly shit. Jordan's like, this is. This is uh, <laughs> yeah, why can you sit here, Jordan? You're like, oh. <laughs> this is bang talk with Taylor and Demi. Love it. Yeah. What's crazy, Taylor, is that um, I wasn't super familiar with your music a couple weeks ago, and then. I was, I'm a, I'm a video producer. I'm a videographer. I was, I was doing a fashion commercial. I was filming a fashion commercial and they had, you know, like a Spotify playlist while the model was getting ready. 
and um, and uh, it was uh, no, it was, it was people I don't like came on, and then like the next day, Demi's like sends me your Instagram is like I want Upsaw on the podcast, so I feel like it's <laughs> oh, I feel like it's kind of fate, yeah, like all fake. of a sudden Upsaw is, is in my life. Um, it's in my life. <laughs> but so the first song I heard of yours was um, "People I Don't Like," which I love because it's. Uh, Demi talked about you know uh, money on my mind or, or uh, some of your other songs being relatable. This song is super relatable because there's always that person at the party who you see over and over. You know the person you see at the party over and over again. You see them this weekend. You're like I saw you at someone's house last weekend. And you're like you don't even know anyone. No one likes you. Who invited you? You just keep showing up. So was that like based on a specific person you kept seeing over and over again? Or was it just kind of a general LA party vibe kind of song? It was based on the super, like, so I was in a very specific event, but it was Grammy week in LA. Have you guys ever done like the Grammy week thing? It's like the week of the Grammys. It was this year too, it was in January before the world went to shit. But like the week of the Grammys, you go to these like the parties. parties. Yeah. Yeah. All day, every day for like five days straight. And you literally see the same people, like what you're saying, at every party. And you reintroduce yourself to all these people because everyone's meeting so many people that, like, they don't give a fuck what your name is. They don't care what you do. They're just, like, walking around introducing. Like, we all do it. So I quickly realized, like, everyone here is fake, blah, blah, blah. Like, we're all just doing this because we have to be here. And, um, like, some of the Grammy parties are lit, and there are some really cool people there. Like, it doesn't suck. It was fun. But I just realized, like, we're who, all- Who is- let's get, let's get some- let's get some story, backstory here. Who's the coolest person you partied with at one of these Grammy events? Like, who did you- did you, like, hang out with anyone cool that we would know? I mean, I get really drunk. Name drop. Name drop, Taylor. No, because mm. I'm, like, not that cool. Like, I would go to the parties, and I would, like, bring one of my friends- who is who does music and but she's on lit. the industry side and just get wasted there's open bars at all of them i'm like and I'm great food i can't imagine like, the food great food there's like sushi i'm like sick i'll sit here all fucking day and talk to fake people but i remember <laughs> like i left one of the parties it was like bb rex actually does this like amazing grammy party where it's called women in music and it's only women who were invited and it's only women who like create no industry it's just women who like literally make music and you don't get a plus one which was like i was like i have to walk into this thing alone but like everyone walks in alone and you just are forced to like meet all these people and that was i think like the coolest grammy party i went to because like there was no like bullshit where like people rolled up with their friends. Like everyone was just like their crew. Yeah. Yeah. And there were just like women there to like support each other. Like if you want, Cindy Lauper was there. That was like fucking like you're a queen. (laughs) Like this is iconic, but yeah, that was cool. But I remember like I was coming from a Grammy party and I was like in the Uber wasted and I went to a session straight from the party with my friends Johnny and Will who I wrote the song with and I was just like ranting about all of these events and everyone there is fake and blah 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 and they're like yeah but you go to the events too like you're also fake and I was like <laughs> you're so right and so then we just like wrote <laughs> like about about the people I don't like including myself the one thing yeah. I remember about LA industry parties they'd always have really fat shrimp there was always like a big fat shrimp yeah there's like the bowl. somewhere yeah a bowl of yeah. shrimp yeah yeah, yeah me, Demi and I have um, <clears throat> kind of uh, 
fractured relationships with LA. Where Diddy's at on her process, she is now- um, Now I'm turning my back on LA. She's done tracking. Are you done tracking? Yes. You're done tracking. Yeah. She's done tracking her album and now she's like mixing it and doing all this stuff. Dude. So she's like, um, and she's- and, you Call know, me talking, out. Talk, I'm not going to give you any detail. Any, I'm not going to go to personal Demi, but you're talking to people and doing things. And so there's an, ev an inevitability that comes with moving to LA. Taylor, did you feel like moving to LA was just kind of an inevitable part of being a pop musician? I think it's like half and half. I feel like now the world is so different where like you're able to write remotely and like do a lot of shit remotely because of what we've learned, like how we learned how to adapt in COVID. Um, but like three years ago, LA was kind of like the only option for me. Like it was, I was like, where else am I gonna well, especially go? Especially because uh, you're already sort of West, you know? Yeah, I was like, it's like a five hour drive West. Like, let's just go. So I love it there. It's like definitely become home to me. Um, I like couldn't imagine being anywhere else, but um, yeah, now I think there's like artists who are popping off from everywhere and like don't live in LA. So I think it's like a mixture. And but Demi, go through LA. We'll do like a socially distant hike or some shit. I don't oh know my goodness. Are you going back there anytime? Yeah, I'm actually going back like tonight. Um, oh. Music video. Yeah. So Hell um, yeah. I've been going back. Yeah, it's been fun. I will, I will definitely. Yeah, that's amazing. We should definitely talk about boys all day long. Um, all day long. Yeah. <laughs> we got the hair tips. Okay. I know I've some of my favorite artists. I, you know, you can search up like, what's there this routine? What's your <laughs> skin routine? Tell oh, about the shower. What do you do? Everyone wants to know. Everyone has to know. Let so me know. Good. Um, uh, so I have the worst skin on the planet and it's literally, no. I'm like, you look so no, clear. What are you talking I'm about? Just like learning with the foundation. I'm just like painted on cause it's not looking cute. But like, yeah, I was like, okay guys, like I'm 22 now and I still have acne. Like we need to figure this out. Acting knows no age. No, she doesn't. Acne will mm. get you at any age. She'll just fuck you up. So I'm and like, go away and then come back. Yeah. It's so back and forth. It definitely like, has to do with like stress or something I don't know but like I have a dermatologist like having me try a billion different things because a bitch needs to figure it out but my skincare routine right now is like that ordinary stuff do you guys like the ordinary the toner or whatever it's like iconic I don't know yet because my skin isn't good yet but if it gets there I'll keep you posted it's ordinary toner and it's like the shit ordinary toner you know what when I was about few years ago my thing came back but like crazy to a point where I had a freaking rash in my forehead like true story and what honestly the only thing that worked for me I tried everything girl like everything the only thing that worked I don't know if you're already on this but like birth control really yes I'm See, telling you fucked me up originally it messed no really maybe I need to try a different one there's different well, what were you doing the <laughs> I can't, no, I can't, I can't relate. <laughs> but like the pill or the, what were you, was it like? I did, I originally did a pill and then I was like, fuck this, it's ruining my skin yeah. and it's making me gain weight. So then Low dose, low dose though. You gotta yeah, maybe I need to do something different and it'll like cure my life. Cause like people who have perfect skin, I'm like, what? Like, did you sell your soul to the devil? Like, how is your skin that good? Like, There's I'm a lot of genetics it. involved too. I'm actually yeah. getting back on it because I stopped it for half a year. So I'm getting back on it because of the You're skin. like, now that I'm single. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, this is crazy. 
Oh my god. Everyone just calling me out today. Okay. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's weird. Yeah. All right, Taylor. Uh that is gonna kind of wrap it up for us. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. We this cannot wait so to fun. see where you're gonna go. Yeah. Thank you guys. This was like a great way to start my day. This is so fun. And uh have fun, enjoy your music video shoot. I will. Thank you guys. And come visit in LA. Let's hang. Absolutely. Yeah. Later. All right. Bye, Taylor. Later. Love her so much. I love her. <laughs> Jordan's like, I think she's amazing. I'm really excited to see where her career is going to take her. She's got a, she's got an amazing start. She has the vibe. She has the intelligence, the look, the voice, the whole thing, you know? And more importantly, I feel like what she's doing is so, is actually very niche and different than what most girls that are going the pop route are doing. She's I'm. Ex I can tell every time you interview someone who's in your general world. You, <laughs> I can tell like the excitement. Would I like someone? The excitement. Well, no, the excitement for your own career in life because I know you well enough that some questions you are more music journalist questions, and some of them you like genuinely want to know the answer because you're Always. also taking this voyage. Every time I get to sit down here, even when it's someone I don't know. It's just to be able to pick any one of these people's brains is just such a freaking honor. I love this shit. I love this job. This is amazing. Thank you, Jordan. <laughs> and with that, we'd like to thank you for listening to It's Real with Jordan and Demi. I'm Jordan. You can find me at jordanedwardstudio.com. You can find Demi at Demi underscore Ramos on Instagram. You can go to popdust.com for a full archive of all our past shows. Thank you for listening. <laughs>